0: Today's show is brought to you by Audible, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod. Also, today's show is brought to you by Nature Box. Nature Box ships tasty, guilt-free snacks directly to your door. Go get your first box at naturebox.com slash today. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, walkers, biters, geeks? You guys watch The Walking Dead? That's the zombies. Welcome to the show today. Now, Toby's on vacation, so he couldn't record the show today. And uh, Joey had to watch his kids, so he couldn't record the show today. So that just leaves me, but don't worry, you're in luck, because I've been uh, creating a computer program that emulates Toby and Joey for the last 125 episodes, and it's actually pretty simple programming, just a few lines of code. Uh, There's a voice modeling of Joey that's very nasally, that uh, disagrees with most of my points and tries to soften everything down and make it feel nice, and then the uh, program for Toby is just to sit back. Uh, make dick jokes, and then get angry about stuff. It's actually quite easy. So you probably won't even notice their absence, I imagine. So, Sherwood. Sherwood, Sherwood, our newest band, the best band I've ever heard in my life. Crowdfund campaign has another five days, and here's something special. This is the first announcement of this to the public, and that is... A new song is up it's the first song that anybody can hear of their new album it's a rough mix and it's on their crowdfunding page so go to www.backtothesherwood.com and listen to the new tunes and back that campaign if you haven't already done so i'm very excited about it i love this new music so go right now and listen to the new song see for yourself in other music news, Emory on tour just in a couple of weeks. Go to emoryvip.com and come see one, get one of our VIP packages. Come meet us. Come hang out. Uh, those VIP packages are cool and they're important because they're a really good deal and the money goes to us and there's no ticket fees. So check that out. Also, we're going to be playing The Question. It's the 10th anniversary of the album. We're going to be playing the whole thing on this tour. And speaking of that, brings me to my next music news, and that is we're going to be releasing The Question in. its entirety in 8-bit form, kind of like the music playing under us right now. Instrumental versions, video game music of The Question is going to be out just in a couple of weeks. We're going to try and make that uh, cheap, free, pay what you want, streaming, everywhere. It's going to be everywhere, so it could be your new background music for the rest of the year and beyond. Anyway, pay attention. And sorry I got so much Emory news and music stuff today, but one more. I got a new episode of Break It Down that I'm about to put up very soon, and uh, it's special. Toby's going to be on there, and he's got something really cool to reveal about our new album, You Were Never Alone, and that is that it is actually a concept record, and so he's ready to tell you what it is, and what it's about, and what all the lyrics actually mean. So that's going to, you're not going to want to miss that. Trust me, it'll be up very soon. All right, that's all I got. Let's do it. Three.
1: One
2: Joey hit
1: it. <laughs> bad Christian. Bad Christian. Bad Christian. podcast. <laughs> 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 Joey has, Joey has a migraine in the He's using his a ibuprofen. Migraine? I don't is have you, a
2: migraine. If I had a migraine, I wouldn't be doing using this. He's using the ibuprofen bottle as a maroc. <laughs> wait, what? Do you have a migraine? I don't have a migraine. I could not be doing this. If I had he's a migraine. laying on the told,
1: floor with his shirt off.
2: No, I told. And he's to, sweating.
0: I told Toby oh, wait, I had a headache normal.
2: and I needed some ibuprofen. Do so you get did. migraines though? I do. What Man. is the difference in
0: a migraine and a headache? Oh,
2: that's like trying to describe to an alien what um, wait 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 no, no is, is, that actually,
0: the it, is there a difference does migraine mean severe or is, is it
2: like it, are I, you
1: a, uh, you can't see light it's, all, like it's not things.
2: a diff, it's not a different level of pain necessarily, although migraines are consistently more painful than a regular headache. But I've had headaches before that were just as bad as a migraine. But no, migraine
0: is qualitative. As what's the difference? I mean, you know, a headache is blood constricted I mean, in your blood vessels, and, and I just don't you, know. When your heart beats, you feel the. Well, how about the this? blood when you have your a vessel, migraine? So what are is, you able
1: to continue working or doing stuff? Like right now, you have a headache
2: and you're able to do this podcast, but. If
1: you had a migraine, would you be done? You're like, yeah, I gotta go no, lay but, in a but, dark room. No,
2: here's the way of answering that. If I had a migraine or a significantly worse headache than this, it's two two totally different things. Migraine is, yeah, it's it's a form of a headache. The it feels I, differently.
0: Well. There's got to be a difference. I think there, Toby, could you look it up real quick, see if you can find the difference in a regular headache and what is a migraine? Meanwhile, let me take care of a uh, a business thing here, right here, and that's Audible. Audible is one of our sponsors, and if you haven't got this one yet, I urge you to check it out. Let me tell you about it. Now, in this day and age, there's unlimited entertainment information, stuff you can beam right into your ears, just like this podcast However, it's not all beneficial or good. Some of it's just uh, three dudes goofing off. Now, you don't want to waste all your time with that. When you have something like Audible, there's 180,000 audiobooks on there. Everything fiction, nonfiction, classics. You can actually do some real learning. So people are recommending books to you all the time. I know the people are like, hey, have you read this? Have you read that? And you're like, I don't really like to read. Well, you can get all that information. You can consume these books in audio form and stay up with the people at your church that are recommending this book or that one. There's no excuse to not be educated. It's too easy. Audible's too good. And here's what's even better. All you got to do is go to podcast.com slash BC pod and get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today when you sign up again that's www.audiblepodcast.com forward slash BC pod and here's what I want you to do go get the last book somebody recommended to you that you told them oh yeah yeah I think I'll, I'll think I'll read that I think I'll check that out or the last book somebody handed you and said read this and you have it sitting on your shelf Give yourself a real shot and go to audiblepodcast.com slash bcpod and get your free trial today. Okay. Now, Toby, if you're still looking that up, let me take this uh, opportunity to do one of my most common uh, brags, uh, boasts about myself, and that's, uh, speaking of headaches, I don't get headaches. I never have had a headache. I, in fact, I've never had a headache in my life other than sometimes when I have, a, have had a hangover before, I feel a dull, you know, fogginess in my head and it's very uncomfortable so maybe that's a headache but outside of that i've never had a headache before i don't believe you i really just don't believe (laughs) well often don't believe it but i will say when i if when i've had a hangover before my head hurts so if that's a headache i've had it and that is what that is but other than that specific instance i promise you I've never had a headache before all right here's the thing it says uh, i'm looking this up on healthline.com it says is it a
1: migraine or a headache if it's a migraine intense pulsing and or throbbing, are these sen- sensations mainly felt on one side of the head, yes or no, uh, and then it leads you to a different if it's yes, then it's a migraine. If it's on one side of your head, it's a migraine. If no, are you experiencing any additional symptoms throughout your body such as nausea, dizziness, or seeing flashing lights or blind spots? If yes, migraine if no, headache nausea for sure Yeah, so mm-hmm. headache not i mean yeah you is it on one side
2: aches. Uh, it's, like, the back.
1: That's a
0: side. That's one of the (laughs) sides. There's four. (laughs) Going back to Matt's
1: claim that he has never had a headache. I'm not a liar. I I know you're not a liar. Here's what I believe. I believe, (laughs) Matt, don't take offense to
3: this.
1: (laughs) I believe that you have headaches, but that you never actually have been able to mature enough to realize
0: <laughs> right that might be the case. That's not You insulting. are basically like
1: because my kids, I believe, somehow have headaches but they don't understand it or sure. realize it. And that's where right. I think you are. <laughs> I, I think that you actually have headaches but you don't you just go, oh yeah, that's, that's not, a, well that's that, a, oh that's right. just a pain. Well that's a good or that, thing. Or that's just annoying. Like Matt's headaches are annoying. Like right now yeah. your headache is mostly annoying but you uh have defined it as a headache. But yeah, it's mainly just annoying you're able to do this podcast yeah. You have to do all that stuff. But I think Matt actually has some level of unaware that he
2: is actually having a headache. Why are you doing that? What are you doing? I'm developing Tourette's. Oh, my okay. Lord. I just, I just figured that um, I've got everything out. So I might as well just. I mean, you have a headache and you're screaming and balking like I a actually, chicken. Actually, the ibuprofen has really kicked in. It's Already? Yeah, it's really weird. Your I've headache's done. gone? I think water too. Oh, you were dehydrated.
1: Go lay down in the
0: other room and recuperate and let Toby and I talk for a little bit. Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's the thing. Totally. I
1: don't know if this matters to you or not, Joey. I mean, your headache might be gone. Your eyes are bleeding.
0: (laughs) 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 Ah! So anyway, Matt, you're no probably offense. right. I, don't, that's I not don't think you
1: understand what a headache that's is. A, if I, that's I, I not just, offensive, that's a good thing. Because so. don't you think that kids have headaches? I, I, I've always wondered that. I've never heard a single kid go, I have a headache unless... You know what I mean? Like, they don't, they don't really say that, but I, when they say they're sick, they're <laughs> sick, or they don't feel well, they say certain things, but they don't say, oh, I have a headache, give me some aspirin. Do you think such maturity
0: happen. is in my future, or do you think I'm permanently uh, retarded? No, in I that think way? it's a blessing. Yeah, that's I what I'm saying. think it's a blessing. Yeah. I think it's a blessing, but I'd, I've never had my head throbbing with, with pulsingness in it. I've never had that before. Like, well, okay, what about when you've drank too much? Yes. Then, uh, then <laughs> when, I, when I have a hangover, my uh, whole head is just dull. And it's 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 a permanent like uh but you wouldn't, swell you wouldn't call swollen. that pain yes that's you what I said I've pain. had that before but I've never had that outside of a hangover or anything remotely like it in any way outside of a hangover so I don't okay get, so that I don't that,
1: get that, that. That's, that's actually interesting so you've never had any kind of dull
0: no brain pain no. outside or of throbbing, drinking too much or throbbing one. or dull either either one so anyway
1: you might be telling the truth.
0: I don't know. Maybe I mean, maybe
1: it's it's unbelievable. Now, here's what I do believe. No matter what, something terrible is, I have always said this, something terrible's gonna to happen to Matt, like because he's always been pretty healthy and he doesn't experience like pain or get sickness sick, the way anybody else does. So you think I'm storing it up? Any day now is like massive yep. bad cancer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think any day I'm gonna get a call from Matt. I, I have almost a potential little bit of anxiety. You have anxiety point, about man, my, not yeah, your hypochondriac
0: I, so bad that you're it, not only worried about your own health, but mine when I'm not worried well, about it in the slightest. And here's the kind of brain I have
1: <laughs> if it's going, if anything's going that good, it's got to end. It's <laughs> too good to be true. <laughs> so, so one of my best friends of, of life, I started a band with him, started a podcast, bad, all this stuff. At any moment, I do have, I probably would say at least three to five percent where I think any given day. Matt's gonna call me and say, "Hey, three listen, to five <laughs> percent," and, and Matt will try and smooth it over. I know Matt well enough; he'll smooth. It. Hey, listen, don't don't freak Not out that about it. Pro- it's probably gonna be okay. Not a big deal. Um, they say that my body's covered in ninety seven percent cancer. <laughs> 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 Any day, I think that's gonna happen, Matt. So, so I here, don't know. Here is the question. I kind of hope that I die before you, because I don't want to hear that. It, it wouldn't. It, I mean, on a certain level, it. I know this sounds so morbid. Is it not a little bit better to get something so you are the one that has to deal with it? Okay, I have cancer. This sucks. I don't get to live anymore. All, it's horrible. Hor- horrific. I mean, I, I get that. But on a certain level, like, I would rather me get a terminal disease than anybody <laughs> in my family, like my wife or my kids, right? That, I appreciate would you rather, that. Would you rather one of them get something? You're like, right. okay, man. No, you're right, Georgia. and what you're would basically you, saying you is that's, that's how
0: much you value me is because for sure you'd rather get, in fr- get hit by a car, get sick instead of your kids or whatever pain you could take from them on sure. yourself, you would, and you're extending that even to me, and I really appreciate that. That must mean something. I, I would way rather something happen to me than me, and I go, okay, <laughs> I can, I, can, I can, Like I really have thought
1: this through. Like No matter what, if I were to get like a terminal disease or cancer or something like that where I'm going to die, I feel like... I could fake it till I died where I was like, hey, don't worry. Hey, seriously, I'm going to heaven. All this I could say all this stuff. I might break down a few times, but I think I could be strong. I could not. I don't think handle it if Jess or yeah, the kid to watch got one of them go like through that. something. Yeah, I, like, I, I I don't think I can handle that. And, and but I get is that one? So is my that parents. inherently
0: selfish thing? Like because the way people always phrase that yes. is because I love them so much because I'm so noble because I'm so altruistic. I would rather have the disease. I will take it upon me. But what you are kind of yeah. hinting at is it might just still be your total shitty selfishness selfish. that at least yeah. it'd be easier for you than watching that more painful thing. Because uh, I mean think about it on I, the I other mean, side could... of the spectrum, somebody comes up and puts a bullet in the back of your head right now not that big of a loss. It's not that there's no pain involved for you. You're done right. with it. And they are the right. ones that had to deal with it. Yeah. I just, I just can't handle,
1: like, I just don't at all. Like kids, uh, it's the worst feeling for me in the world with kids like suffering through sickness. Absolutely. It's almost yeah. unbearable. Like I can't even hardly watch, you know, they'll do like ESPN where the kid has terminal cancer yeah. and he gets to do like make a wish or like, I just can't even watch but it. But It wasn't, I can't even watch it, it. It
2: wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad before you had kids.
1: No, oh, it, you're, you're you right. You see those commercials in the way, same way worse. I mean, yeah. Before I had kids, I actually thought, oh man, this is kind of a neat story. All right, or, so
2: here, here's. Uh, let me walk you through a scenario. All right, Matt makes that phone call. Six weeks later, he's gone. Right. Woo. We get on the pod, We we get on the podcast. Ratings and to say, the roof. Matt's
0: in heaven, chilling. The ratings are through results. the roof temporarily, but then the quality of the show tanks, tanks, tanks. And then you know now, you get a spike initially. Next, so my but, question you know.
2: is, Toby, do you and I try to carry that? christian podcast
1: oh i don't even know if people would notice it would just keep right just on going right along
2: no <laughs> spike no dip somebody would go hey
1: what did they, they used to talk about science or something? i don't know this is funny as shit i love this podcast
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right well let me ask you we this. would let, let of me, course let me ask y'all this neither no, we no. get devin shelton to take you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Devin would step right in. He's bone up on
1: his science. And then you'll it. feel
2: like the odd man out because Devin is probably nicer than me, don't you think? Yeah, I would be. Oh,
1: I'd be on that. Uh, yeah, it would flip. We, we'd
2: both be like, "Are
1: you
4: kidding me, Toby? What the hell are you talking oh, about?" Yeah.
1: If if Matt dies, I believe he's one of the few people on <laughs> earth that understands my brain. Probably that that would be a that'd be real. sad.
2: I understand your brain. I just don't agree with your brain. Right, right,
1: right. That's what. Yeah, you're exactly right. Matt's the one of the few people that understands my brain and might even so- mostly agree sometimes. Right on. Everybody so, else. All right,
2: none of us die. How long does this podcast go on? You and I were talking about this today. And yeah, I told
1: mm-hmm. Joey. We were sitting there this morning talking, and I said I thought uh, that this podcast has like a two to five
2: year that's shelf a That's too big of a range. You I, got, You have to commit to something. Two to five? I mean, uh, let's just say one to
1: all ten right, years. Three. Three 3.3 years I think we have. Okay. 3.3 3 years I think. This podcast might not exist anymore, and here's my rationale behind that. First of all, all entertainment stuff ends, yeah. Of right. Course it does. So we've been doing this for a while now. Like Sesame Street. And, oh, my, yeah. My favorite. You're right. My favorite. No, Sesame Street actually still is. That's going. why I was,
2: That's why I said. <laughs> but that you pick things? You that's pick, absurd. The outliers.
1: That's absurd. You yeah, pick the every outliers. show gets Think canceled. About the biggest everything. Thing. Yeah. Right. The biggest shows in the world, for Every example, band, like anything, even people that work Seinfeld for or Friends 2020, or right. uh, Martin. I used to love the TV show Martin. It's gone. You know what I mean? You can watch reruns. Days something. of Our Lives. Go ahead. Hey, hey and Joey, might so your point, still all to your point,
0: all the shows you've <laughs> named still exist as a brand, but none of the people that were on them still are on them. 2020, <laughs> right. Sesame Street, whatever. Hey, Days what of Our heck? Lives. So, yeah, there'll be a Bad Christian podcast, but your ass won't be on it by your logic. <laughs> So I just think that we have a shelf life because I think people
1: like what we're doing for sure but I think well we will here and and let me give a little bit of a, a shining glimmer of hope here what I believe is we might even move into other media
0: yeah, you move on or
1: other types of entertainment or other things or other podcasts even I'm not really sure also I don't know what's in the future as far as technology there might be a new thing that comes I mean Think about
0: five years ago, podcasts. Even
1: think about three years if ago. If there's a band you like, they probably won't be neither. together in
0: five years. If there's a TV right. show you're watching, it won't be there in five years. That's most likely. Joey, that's, I, mean, that's I, mean, just, I mean, and, and Joe even
1: talks about like, well, Emory's still around, but I mean, we uh, are uh, a, another outlier. Here, here's,
2: I'm sorry, go ahead, Toby.
1: I, I'm, I'm just saying we are unique in that we have changed our model and the way that we tour, the way that we do things is not the way it used to be, and we're able to do that, and that's what I'm saying. I think, in a sense. The podcast will have to change or morph into something else, and our entertainment skills or whatever we've uh, developed here will change into something else. But I just don't know if this podcast. But does that will bum Joey it out? Won't be the you, when you told him that just yeah, general of sad. No. I, th- I think he gets sad. Uh, no, I, I think Joey's
2: I, super sensitive and very sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, here, here's. I definitely agree with you. I, I, th- this isn't like a, an eternal ride here. We're not going to be doing the back. Yeah, it's Christian not like a church. Heaven, you just camp out and ride it it def- forever. We'll do the back. We'll definitely be doing in this in a retirement home. No, I think that. Why are you
1: so sure we won't be doing this in hell? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that people don't just listen to this for entertainment and the laughs and the guests. There's some people and this sounds pretty pompous but i just think there's some people that are taking an invested
0: interest in us as people on the other hand i i mean typically i don't think it's it's good to i don't think it's good to think of ourselves as people who care about us i think people care about this podcast i don't actually pretend or believe or think it is even good for people who you may see or know on facebook or are a downloader to actually feel like they care about you as a person. That's not really what's going on. I don't think it's bad or wrong, but I don't really think just me telling details about myself into a microphone, I don't think that's that valuable in itself. And certainly, it doesn't mean you care about me personally, and it shouldn't, really. That's not really what it is. How many people do you want to care about you that you don't care about, for instance? That's what I'm saying, is I I don't have
2: this huge desire. Oh my gosh, I wish all of our listeners so cared deeply. All I'm saying is I think that you're underscoring it a little bit. This, this is why the people watch The Bachelor, because they're just like, oh, he's got to pick her. She's so sweet. Do you know where she's come
0: from? She, I mean, her they family. They do not care about th- that person, though. As soon as the show's off, they forget uh, the badgum name. Yeah, they don't
1: even remember the name. I, I, I'm an avid watcher of The Bachelor. I can't tell you any of The Bachelor's names. I mean, I've watched it. I've watched
0: probably over 10 seasons. I mean, don't mistake entertainment (laughs) for, like, caring about somebody. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that in a jerky way. I'm saying it from a a low self-esteem way. I don't don't pretend at all that anybody cares about me, and I'm not asking them to an individual. I want them to like this product that we're making.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's it's more of a thing where we put on a great show, and I think we really do. We work hard at this, and we are uh, not only capturing our friendship, but also capturing entertainment. (laughs) Like, sometimes I feel like like a couple of people like we just did the live podcasts, which are awesome and the next time we do them you should come if we're in your town a couple like not a couple of several people came up to me and said hey listen i i think what you guys are doing is really awesome like the way you guys are the way they were talking about is the actual show like they thought we were professional that there was no dead space That they couldn't (laughs) believe that we kept everything going that we were really prepared and I was like, yeah, we've, we've actually gotten kind of good at this. Like, uh, A couple of people even yeah, said right they on. enjoyed the the live podcast more than the normal show. And I was huh. like, wow, that's really crazy because I think of us as immature, nerd, idiot b- people that aren't that good at what we're doing. And actually people are saying, hey, you, you're doing a good job. And that makes me think, wow, all this hard work where I think is sometimes fruitless. Like, I think, man, we plan and we work and we do all this stuff and we schedule and all this stuff. I think we've gotten really good. At the same time, that's what I'm saying. We put on a hell of a show. I think the Bad Christian Podcast is, is really fun and entertaining, but I, I do think after you've listened to it for three, four, or five years, maybe you won't anymore. Now, in Joey's
5: defense... Or less than that. I mean, there, think about there, it. You get on something, a, you get off of it. I, yeah, for sure. I mean, you used to
0: but watch The think, Simpsons a lot. You used to listen to this other radio show a lot. You used right. to listen to that podcast a lot. And You can look at your
1: favorite band. What, what's your favorite whatever. band in the whole world, Joey? Do you still listen to them daily like you probably used to? No. But in Joey's defense... Maybe we're out there. Maybe I mean, like we were a part of Emery. We are a part of Emery. <laughs> it's not ended. I that's mean, true. most bands like our our, our age and, and longevity has not happened. Maybe that's what the background. There, there's obviously a chance that we'll be around ten years from now, just like somebody like Howard Stern, you know, who's been a radio right DJ forever and that's still true. popular. John Boy and Billy, or whoever you wanted to do, Bob and Tom Show, whatever. Like maybe this is something, and maybe and I actually think it could morph into
0: something else. Like, well, who, who here's knows what, what you we'll want do, as long, long as positive- we're doing this podcast here's the positive way to put that and I don't mean to say I don't care about people or wanting to care about me what I'm saying is the art and the product and the thing that you're creating if you're creative is the transcendent thing that's what it's all about so on one hand, you shouldn't wa- I mean, you- I don't want to be a slave to this. I don't have a boss. I create this because I want to, I create music because I want to. And that's what we should be focused on is creating when we are excited about creating, to create what we want to create. And when that changes, I'll, con- I'll either stop this or do something else, or, you know, that's what you want any creator that you like to do and so that's, that's yeah. actually the goal is to make stuff that you're excited about and not, oh, I have this job or I have this many listeners or I get this many dollars. Those aren't, those aren't the motivating factors should not be the motivating factors for whether or not you do something. You should do it because you like it because you're excited to create it, and that's what I want to keep as my principle, at least.
2: Yeah. Boom. No, I agree. I, I've, I've talked to people. and In fact, we were at the Vocal Few Living Room Show this past Sunday night I was at Toby's, at Toby's house. house. I just, I just thought... Yeah, I thought it was it, awesome. If, if you're a big fan of like Emory and classic crime stuff, that had to have been ah, somewhat of like a dream come true. Did you get like people you get that came just because it was
0: Toby's house? You think? I don't know. I don't There's know definitely know some I don't know
1: if they actually knew it was my house. Matt McDonald kind of mentioned it, and, and here's what was funny: Matt McDonald, he was standing there, and him and Christy were playing for the Vocal Few show, and he said, "Hey, this this house," and they were making fun of us like it drips of screamo or whatever. Da 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 da. And I was like, huh, I wonder if people actually know that I'm Toby from Emory or whatever. And then I looked up, and uh, Jess uh, has framed a few of our tour posters and stuff, and they're just on the wall. <laughs> I was like,
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe they right. do.
1: Maybe they do for sure. But it, I, I really want to encourage anybody who's never had a living room show in their house, I think you should do it. Like yeah. That's the first living room show I've ever had at my house it was so fun. Like, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the people that come in. Like, living room shows, I think people that own houses or whatever, or whatever wherever you live, condos,
0: whatever, um, are a little intimidated by them, but they are really fun. Yeah, the like, people are more respectful than you can imagine because they're the oh, ones coming totally. in timid. It's not like raging people show up or right. anything at all.
1: Yeah, totally. People came in and they, like, some people brought little coolers of beer or whatever but it's really funny b- fun because it's like b b y o b and i told people hey you can go out to my garage and keep your beer in my my refrigerator or whatever and i just met uh, several people like there was a, a really cool dude that uh sean lieber and i he, he works with bc some and uh, his neighbor adam was really just like a really cool dude and i was like man this is awesome i wouldn't know this guy otherwise we all kind of share somewhat of a musical interest yeah and this so is you really enjoy hosting I, 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 I more I than, than performing Oh, my gosh. I bet was you loved so having awesome the show that you didn't to have to get up and perform at. <laughs> that's exactly what I told him. I was like, that's the greatest thing of my life. Like, I was standing back there. The show starts. I'm just standing there with a corona, just listening to music from my friends That is great music. You know that's totally. really good.
0: You you know that's so totally opposite that essentially every phrase you've ever heard any performer say is they just say, I don't care about this. I don't like this, but I do it for just the performance. I just want to be on set. I just want to do my performance. That's my favorite part. part." And for you, you're saying the best situation ever is to not perform. Oh, my
1: God. Always. (laughs) Like, I've I've said this a million times. Like, Emory, the the best possible job in the world would be if I was in Emory. And we toured around, and we didn't have to play the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that most people say the opposite. Like, like, <laughs> like Maddie Mullen said that the other day. It's like, yeah, touring sucks. This is hard. You got to travel. You got to be away. You got to do all this stuff. But I do it for those forty-five minutes, and I'm on stage. And to you, worst part of the day.
3: <laughs> yeah, I
1: just don't care about that. I don't care about people looking at me or thinking about me or anything. Like I, I do it because I, I mean, okay, hold on. Did let you me, used l- to. Let me clarify a little bit. Of course, I do enjoy it, or I wouldn't do it. I li- I do enjoy it. Like there's. Uh, and everybody makes fun of me of course there's a billion times where i'm like man i did not want to go on stage tonight i don't want to sing i don't want to scream i don't want to jump around all that stuff but every single time when i get on stage i enjoy it i mean unless i'm just unbelievably sick or just miserable or whatever but almost every single time i've ever been on stage i did enjoy it that's like how you that's, feel about- that's not a goal of mine i'm not looking forward to it like Ooh, i can't wait in front get in front of those people and feel the crowd and the energy and all stuff like I, I really enjoy music for what music is, like the actual song quality, the writing of it, all those things, what the voice did, what the, how they did like Even watching the vocal fuel, like, I was able to watch them and go, oh, they went there with the music? I would not have gone there. Yeah. I, would, I would have stayed in um, a, a major key or sang uh, differently here. That, like I can't believe they did that, and that was like, ooh, that's cool. They, yeah. they did something that I wouldn't do that's really neat in writing the song. That, that part's fun, not watching them play. Like, that didn't, you know what I mean? But, and also then I just actually getting to be a part of the crowd is really fun because there was a ton of people in the audience at our house that were just singing their hearts. That's out. Great. It felt like, seriously, it felt like a dashboard confessional yeah. kind of thing. It was really cool. If you haven't seen the vocal few, definitely go see them. Are they better in the people, living room but, I mean, than we show, are, Toby? Huh. Uh, I think all people I'll be totally don't sing here. aloud at us, really. One thing I thought that was really funny is they played a shitload of songs. Like, they just kept playing and they did a little bit of talking. But I, I kept thinking about us doing a living room show and we can't wait to get to that song to just talk our asses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like we love talking. We love interacting with the crowd, messing with the crowd. Just ha- like like the thing about us being on stage is what we actually like is talking with the people. Like like I mean, like a conversation. Like that that really is one of our favorite things in the world, especially at this point in our life. Now vocal few what they did was they interacted with the crowd a ton it was re- and, and matt and christy are both funny said a lot of funny one-liners and just things about the songs and the things about their life and stuff it was really funny but i thought that man they played a hell of a show because they kept playing the music and just kept the show moving i thought with us we slow it down man if you're gonna come to like a matt and toby show or a living room emory show or a bad christian man, we're gonna talk our asses off because we love talking to you and finding out who you are and if you're an asshole or a cool person or whatever anything
0: nothing's off the table so because I that's that what changes every night though like we can play i play the right. same chord the same way and sing the same notes i mean that's not yeah. different so what's different is what yeah. what else happens what's what you can't predict what's you know crazy what's improvisational right. that's the part i think is interesting about it oh, um, totally. so make sure. i, I here. would
1: say though that with the vo- vocal few on the, on the last note is they really do put on a hell of a show like this. I mean, for a husband and wife touring the country with their kids, like I would just be exhausted and dead and just not. I mean, they just it, it just seems really fun. Like like you're sitting in somebody's living room you don't know and you're just having a good time. They put on a hell of a show.
2: For this sure. is this is uh, exactly what you said about getting on stage is exactly what you say about small group. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah, right. a, you you have, do not want to go to small group exactly or anything right. in the world. Or go work out. It's the same. Thing. Maybe that's just me. Oh, yeah. Maybe everything in your life. I
1: dread every possible thing <laughs> in your and life. And when I do it, I'm really happy. Right? Yep. Well, Didn't don't that forget, forget like, let's, let's how, not how miss the opportunity. Hang
0: on a second. Let's not miss the opportunity to plug the Matt and Christie Vocal Fuse pre order. It's up for now. They got a new album and uh, Ooh, uh, vinyl yeah. and stuff. So I'm sure they talked about that. But those pre orders are going good. Yes, so thank you everybody for doing that. Yeah, but.
2: check it out. I mean, it's great. It's vocalfew.com is where you can go, which I think is so crazy that they have that website. Don't you think that would be a hard website to get? Vocalfew.com. Yeah, it I would like think you'd yeah, have that's to get a like fuse or vocal few vocal several or vocal few at tv, net
3: dot
1: TV. Dot. That's right. They yeah. say that all one word websites are taken. Oh but yeah, your sure. Most two word two, most two word yeah, websites are
0: taken too. Like, Matt, listen to what Christian was hard to get. Yeah.
2: Matt, listen to what keep Matt uh got someone down two thousand dollars, right? Didn't
0: didn't I uh, yeah, I negotiated with somebody real hard. To get that,
2: hey Matt, I need to tell you something because a lot of times people I've heard I've heard people say, "Hey, if you're thinking something nice about someone, then just tell them. Don't keep it to yourself." So mm-hmm. I, I do you agree with that, by the way. Uh, that, uh, so I actually had a man Matt is really smart moment listening to our own podcast. So uh, mm-hmm. just letting you know that I think you're smart because of something that you said.
0: All right, well, I like that topic. Now to give me some more details. <laughs>
2: No, it was the uh, the question that I asked you guys about whether or not y'all thought that God would potentially tell someone that they're going to raise someone from the dead. And you said you would break it down as you have this list probably oh, yeah. of people that you could assume would say something like that. And then you have a list of people that you'd be like, yeah, never. So if the people on the list that you would never... Think that, and they said it, then it would be way more believable. Yeah,
0: like, Joe, you yeah, should really ex- further explore the ro- the road of skepticism. I, I think that d- maybe you should. I agree. Um, <laughs> and, all right, we got to hey, hey, some- and say something nice about me. You're uh, Toby is uh, well. One that one time, Toby. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, never mind. Sorry, <laughs> I'm all out. <laughs> this is
1: This is what keeps me up at night, you sons of bitches.
2: (laughs) I I just, I don't have time. Can we bring on
1: our guest? We've been talking our asses Mm -hmm. off. Hey, guys, guess who this guest is? Guess who the guest is? This is our new friend, Jesse Lawson. Yeah. From the band Sleeping With Sirens, and uh, this is uh, going to be a hell of an interview. I'm just going to say that.
2: And I kind of like saying that. And hell do, you, do you want the interview to go to hell, or you want the interview to be safe?
1: According to you, no interview can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to Hades. <laughs> All right, this is Jesse Lawson. All right, I'll be right back.
0: Okay, Nature Box. Nature Box, people, I know you've heard me say it before. Here's the reason I like to talk about it, because I really believe that Nature Box will change the way that you snack. Snacking uh, is something that you got to do. It's something you're going to do you know it. So NatureBox is cool because you can preemptively make good decisions for yourself. You make good decisions now when you browse their website and pick out awesome, amazing stuff that are good choices then it comes to your front door you don't even have to lift a finger well i guess you lift a finger you reach down and grab it and then you've got these snacks and they're sitting there for inevitably when the time comes so instead of hunting down that vending machine or going to the grocery store late night you've got good snacks like uh, sweet blueberry almonds or jalapeno cashews now yeah i'm kind of a nut guy because nuts have protein there's not a lot of sugar in them i also like the jalapeno white cheddar popcorn And I love the pistachio power clusters. Plus, they've got the smart snack guarantee. So if there's anything you don't love, let the helpful folks at NatureBox know they'll replace it in your next box. Easy and satisfying. So go online to get your first box at naturebox.com slash badchristian. Head to naturebox.com slash badchristian right now to unbox a world of taste and possibility. And remember, go to that URL, and that's how we get credit. That's how they know that we sent you. naturebox.com slash badchristian. And today we also got a music sponsor, and it's a brand new signing to Tooth & Nail Records. They're from Carlton, Kentucky, and they're called XXI. Let's check out their song, Wasn't Enough, from their debut record, Inside Out. wasn't enough by XXI. The record Inside Out is out now. And you can pick that up on iTunes or at toothandnail.merchline.com. They'll be out on tour with Burn Halo this month, and you can find those dates at toothandnail.com. Again, the band you're listening to right now, and I hope you like it, is XXI. Check them out. Where's Toby?
2: Uh, He went to go get a beer.
0: Well, tell him to, you know, get me one and send it to me. There you go. I Jesse, like you got one too, huh? All right. Oh, yeah. I'm on the east. I'm on the West Coast. Where are you, Jesse?
5: I'm in Oregon.
0: Oh, okay. So he's drinking a beer at 12.53. I like that. I was getting ready to say I'm on the West Coast, so it's not late enough for me to be drinking a beer, but my West Coast main man over here is uh, already doing so. Yeah, buddy, I got
5: gotcha. you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. What's
2: your beer of choice?
5: Um, to be honest with you, I really, I really don't mind uh, Coors Light. That's usually just yeah. kind of my go-to. Totally. Um, yeah. But but at the moment, I'm drinking a Cine- or a Sierra Nevada. Man, uh, that's, that's that's a that's,
0: very similar taste to me. And uh, do you think you get the uh, the light beer thing from being on tour and just you know you're not going to drink craft beers all night long kind of thing?
5: One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> One hundred percent. I have. I just acquired that taste. You know.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I- it's weird. I definitely made the switch from Bud Light to Coors Light recently. Bud Light used to be my go-to cheap beer. Now definitely Coors Light. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but I here, I yeah, really
0: yeah, those those things change, you know, between your light beer preferences. But the thing is, this people often criti- If you somebody asks you what beer do you like, and you say a domestic light beer in this day and age, people will often criticize that really quickly and say, "Oh, you got to drink IPA. You got to drink this, that, or whatever." But when you're oh, on, yeah. on the road or in some situation where you drink. For a long period of time On a day On a show day or whatever You're just not gonna yeah. You're not gonna It's the same as watching football If you're gonna watch football for six hours You're not gonna drink IPAs that whole time For instance If you're gonna watch right. two no games it's in a row on much. Sunday It's the same thing So once And then it's eventually <laughs> Anything you get a taste for it And you really like it And you really enjoy it It feels very normal So Coors Light Or Bud Light Or whatever you're into at the time Miller is what Toby's into right now That's actually right, like yeah. Just your baseline beer So it's like drinking a bottle Of Arrowhead water or something
5: Yeah. And, and not to mention every venue, you know, venues aren't going to give you good. Exactly. You know, they're, they're looking for the cheapest thing they can get. So, I mean, and then, so you get, you know, typically it's Bud Light or, um, sometimes Miller, uh, Coors Light, that kind of thing. But if you go over to Germany, they they even take it, take it one more step and they don't refrigerate. They don't refrigerate. It, you know? Yeah. Remember? Uh, y- so you weird. remember that? <laughs> oh, it's uh, the
0: weirdest thing in the world because you're sitting there in the green room. You're like, okay. And they bring the beer in and it's sitting in a crate, like a plastic crate. And there's 24, yeah. 48 beers sitting there. And you're like, okay. And then there's, no, there's not a refrigerator back there. And they say, well, how about some ice? And they're just like, no, nope, sorry. And uh, yeah. so the fir- when you first do that, you're like, I-, I don't know if I can do this. But then, yeah, you're sitting in this little green room in the backstage of somewhere in Europe. And so after yep. an hour, you're like, okay, it takes you an hour to get the first one down and then a little bit less the second time. Then the payoff happens three or four days later. When you realize that <laughs> hey, I can drink warm beer now, or you take it from one <laughs> exactly. show to the next <laughs> and you have it in the van <laughs> on the drive from Germany to Amsterdam, that's, and you're like, oh, yeah. I just yeah. call this warm beer there. That's the payoff because you have the warm beer <laughs> exactly. sitting there, and you would never normally have touched warm beer, but now you go, hey, warm beer is just as good too. I'm used to that now. So it's and it's, the best cool.
5: part is, the best part is if you know once you get home back to the states and let's say you know you go fishing or something and and you're like, all right, who's got the beer? And it's like, that's yeah, right. it's right there, but it's warm. You're like yeah that's no problem fine. <laughs> i'm gonna drink it
0: <laughs> <laughs> so jesse you've well, been <laughs> toby's toby's
2: back with his miller light matt you called it hey yep. Toby. Yep. you're right so all jesse right. how long
3: have you hey, been jesse.
0: you have you hey. all right go ahead to, toby you're back that? no sorry we're already rolling but go ahead uh with uh, uh i'm i haven't been recording at all on this end y'all know that's okay i've got it so i'm gonna keep saying we're rolling okay
1: here. cool okay oh cool <laughs>
0: Sorry, no problem, Jesse. How long has it been since you've been on the road?
5: Uh, I think, uh, I think it's been two years. It's as old as my daughter is. Wow. Um. Well, actually, you know what? I take that back. Because I did, I did like a little solo run. It was just like mm-hmm. a like two and a half week, you know, fifteen day, not not very long run, um, but. But, you know, consecutive long touring, it's been about two years. Is it,
0: do you get the fever being off the road that long? I'm scared. I've never been off the road for longer than three months, I don't think, at <laughs> the time.
5: You, you know, I I do at times. There's there's definitely times where I just, you know, I, I miss it. Um, it. It's funny, though, because this last run that I did, uh, my solo run, it was, you know, just me and acoustic guitar, and then I had um, my friend come out and do merch, and then I had another friend kind of help with teching and and that kind of thing. But it was the first time that I've ever really, you know, had to, like, I had to learn how to settle. And I had to learn, um, mm-hmm. like, a bunch of other stuff that I never had to do before. You know, and sirens, especially near the end, it was, you know, it was buses and people were doing everything right. for me. And I got so used to that. And so when I when I did just this two-week thing, I, I mean, it it drained me. I was like, oh, my goodness. It felt like if you were working out every single day for Years at a time, and then you just took off a year from working out, and then went and did a really hard one. That's right. (laughs) That's what it. Well, how did it work out that way?
0: That sleeping, that you didn't ever have to do that stuff with sleeping in sirens. Did you guys sleeping with sirens? Did you guys not? uh, Did you guys just get really big, really fast, and never had to do stuff yourself?
5: I mean, it was it was pretty. It was pretty quick, you know. I mean, we definitely paid our dues. We did the, you know, the four dollars a day for a year and coming home and not having any money and. You know, being lucky enough to get Taco Bell to give you, you know, those feed the beat tickets or whatever. (laughs) You know, we did we did that for a while, but when we started to pick up, it was so fast.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, it was really fast. My goodness. Yeah what what year was that 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 when it that year that you did you ground grinded it out and then got really big? When was that?
5: I would say probably it was right in between. 2011 2012 Mm -hmm. actually probably more like 2011 and i remember what it was is kellen and i had done that acoustic record which was my favorite one um and it was just him and i went to la and jack came as well um and it was just kind of a different laid-back acoustic record ep you know but it ended it like ended up putting us on the mark big time Mm -hmm. um let's cheers to this had been out and that record kind of started to pick up but Really, the acoustic record I felt like was the thing that kind of set us apart because it like it sold really well, you know, and then right after that, we got the cover of a p and then warp tour after that, so it was just kind of these you know big things were just happening very quickly, you know rather than Definitely. taking you know one big thing yeah. and then kind of ride that for a little bit and then another yeah. big thing it was just very fast, you know
2: thinking back on that fast transition was there like that event or that occurrence that happened when you were like, oh my gosh, we're able to afford doing something as a band. Like maybe it was sitting yeah. down at a, at a nice restaurant and you're like, holy crap, we're all eating and we're ordering
5: yeah, you have appetizers. Money <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what I, what I was just saying, um, is, uh, I, I, remember I'd come home from tour and, um, we had, you know, split up the profits or whatever. And I remember being so like excited because i had come home with $700, you know? And nice. to me, that was just, that was just the most money in the world because I had just, we, we never got that before. And, uh, I remember I didn't have a bank account, so I actually left the money in my parents' bathroom dresser. <laughs> and that was kind of my go-to <laughs> bank the whole time I was home. <laughs> and And I loved it. I mean, it was rad. I got to, like I bought, a new pair of like pants and like shoes and ate like decent food, not Taco Bell. Um, yeah. And it's funny, actually (laughs) it's it's right at the same time when I got together with my wife now. Um, and so I got to like take her to dinner and stuff, you know, Well, and, I'm sure it went right. from there,
0: probably exponentially larger. There's a big delay when you start making money with a band before it actually gets into the band members' pockets, kind of thing. Like, there is weird because even once you start to be big, there's a it, you know money comes in slow and divides up slow and stuff like that. But I'm assuming that you even laugh when you say $700. That I'm sure it got exponentially larger than that, didn't it?
5: Oh yeah, it did, and it, it, that took and and again that took so much time after, you know, <laughs> but. uh, but I just remember 700 being like the thing where I was like, oh, dang, we've made it. <laughs> <You> know?
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. What's funny about that, too, is I remember the exact same thing where we were touring and making no money. And then we go on a tour and all of a sudden people are like buying merch. And we're yeah. like, oh, wait a minute. This is re- holy crap. Like, like, That's the funniest thing that a lot of people have never gotten to experience where you're with your, your dudes in the band and then you just split yep. up cash. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's a true. shitload of cash. It's just a shitload yep. of cash. Like we used to have this song that we would play and we, we call it the payday song. And then we would just take all the money that we had sitting in our van and split it up evenly between us. And it was like the most joyful time of my life. It really like, was. I was like, I'm getting I'm just getting money. I'm not married. Oh my gosh, yeah. there's money that I've never <laughs> had before. Like it's shocking. You know what I mean? And you've been, yeah. I mean, you're on the road, you're doing this crazy stuff, but I remember that time being like, just like... One of the most
0: happiest times of (laughs) the
5: (laughs) world. I agree. I totally agree with you.
0: Well, so Jesse, this is interesting because I I mean, you know, I'm excited to hear more about about you and and what happened because I know sleeping with sirens got big. You could call it a meteoric rise and to I mean crazy I mean it's just crazy. You had a number three album on Billboard. I know that much at least. And then I know you're not in the band anymore. So I actually don't know the answer. but I'm on the edge of my seat and this was just, you know, in the last couple of years, how could you walk away from something like that? What happened?
5: Well, you know, so yeah, so I'm going to give you guys kind of like, you know, what it really was like for me and where I was at, you know, at the time. Hell yeah. Um, And so this?
0: this is bad Christian exclusive or what?
5: yeah i mean yeah this is, this is it. i mean you're not, you're not going to you're, you're not going to get any crazy crazy story cuz it's not it's really not that crazy but it's i'm actually going to let you know of just kind of like where you know where i stood the whole mm-hmm. time and yep. and that sort of thing. so uh so yeah i mean things were going really well you know and we were starting to get big and making money and all that kind of stuff um and then eventually to be honest with you, and it sounds so silly because I, I've thought about this, you know, I was thinking about this podcast and, and talking about it. And, uh, and I really tried to like go back and be like, what was, you know, what, what was the deciding factor and how, how did the things happen the way that they did to, to how they came out? And, um, and to be honest with you, I think it was for me, uh, my heart just stopped. It, it didn't, It wasn't in it anymore, you know, and it's it's so weird because you have all these other bands like well you're crazy, you know, you would play these huge shows, you'd be insane not to like stick that out. But the thing was, I just my heart stopped kind of vibing with it, and and it was because lifestyle
0: or what? What do you mean?
5: Um, the music at times, um, the lifestyle at times, the people at times, and it's not saying that Sirens guys were assholes or anything i mean i'd be lying if i said that we didn't get in fights any band who says they don't get in fights or you're lying you know (laughs) you do get in fights that's Mm -hmm. part of it i mean that's your your brothers essentially you know and you're around those people all the time um so it wasn't necessarily that i just i stopped kind of believing in it and and i feel like and this is like like i said a little bit embarrassing to say um but I really feel like it was jealousy from my point. As weird as that sounds, dude, um, I th- think I kind of got, when it, when I started to kind of get pushed away, like a bad taste in my mouth with the band, was just that it was so much like the Kellen show.
3: Uh-huh. And that's
5: nothing that he uh-huh. did on purpose. That's nothing that he could choose. That's just how it went, you know? Yeah. I, I, I remember like little things, and it sounds so silly, but I'm, I got to tell you guys, yeah. you know? Um, like we would do signings, you know, like at Warped Tour, we'd have these crazy signings, you know, and kids would just be in line for days. And I remember sometimes Kellen would sit at the beginning of the table and we'd kind of, you know, sit in the line after him and fans would like go up and get a signature and then just turn around and walk away. (laughs) You know, I mean, little stuff. That's so silly. It sounds so silly. But for me, it was like, gosh, what is this? I feel like it's the Kellen show and Do you
0: think it's different with him him than most lead singers in most bands? Do you think he's even more of a personality uh, separate from the band than than other contemporary artists?
5: I mean, yes and no. I mean, the kid is, it's just so crazy. We grew up in the same town together. You know, it's a little town. And uh, we've been in tons of bands together, you know. And it's just so weird to me because he's considered like a superstar, you know, like. I remember when I was so excited that I I had got like 50,000 followers, a hundred thousand followers. But by that time he had like a million, you know, it was just that much of like a, it it was so weird. And he was treated so much different than us. It was just a trip to me. And I think that like, eventually I just kind of felt like, you know, what, why am I doing this? And then when, when we started writing the last record, the guys could tell that I was just kind of there, you know, and, and I had my input and, Wrote a few of those good songs because a lot of the writing was just Kellen and I on, on an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. And uh, well,
4: first,
2: let me—I think it's unbelievable that you're saying this. Like this is like you say it sounds silly, but I think you're basically expressing something that a lot of people feel they just don't say it. So I think that's really, really awesome. Uh, I want well, to ask you: have Have you guys talked about this? Like, is this something that you and Kellen have actually dialogued about?
5: I mean, we have, we text, you know, here and there. Um, but I remember after the initial, you know, when we had both decided, like, you know, let's split ways. I, I remember I had texted him and I was just like, you know, just so you know. Um, and like I said, it wasn't any crazy big fights or anything like that, you know. But I had texted him and I was just like, just so you know, man, like, I think I was a little bit jealous, you know. And that was hard to do because, you know, I want to yeah. be like cool guy, but, you know, but, but I mean, it was the truth. I just, I, it, it eventually ate at me, you know? And like I said, when I would get on stage and these crowds were just enormous, I mean, it, it was a dream come true, you know, but there was just something there that I was just like, I just, I'm not feeling it anymore. That, that, that love and passion had kind of just dwindled away. And I think it was a lot of things just kind of adding up and me just kind of, not being able to like i guess fake it anymore, you know I mean mm-hmm. that sounds so bad, but like i just couldn't i wasn't there you know that, we, and then that's interesting
0: mentioned. we were just talking about that uh, I believe a few minutes ago about how if you're you know you can 't just do something because other people expect you to do it if it 's a creative thing you 've got to be into it yourself, so uh, what exactly. I, I mean the thing the, where I would go in a very practical manner is. What about the money, though? I mean, how? what could you do instead? So you weren't bound to just stay in there to make the money and do your profession, all you put into?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, it really... And that's the thing, too, is, you know, it's obviously because of being one of the main songwriters with Kellen, you know, um, all the publishing and everything like that, like, I still... That's still a source of income, wow. you know. But, but at the same time... Um, I also knew that I needed to, I needed to put out music that I like, one hundred percent believed in. It was always something I wanted to do, um, you know, be a singer and and also write the music and make the calls, you know, and and that's probably why uh-huh. I started producing, you know, and I, I just love that aspect of it, you know, and I mean, it was another hard thing too, is it's like you know, my favorite musician of all time is Ryan Adams, and I'll never be able to tour with them if I was in Sleeping with Sirens. With mm-hmm. this new stuff, if I work my ass off and keep doing what I'm doing, it'd be rad, you know. I I wanted to play. I guess I was just and not in a rude way towards Sirens, but just a little bit more grown up sounding, yep. you know. And I'm I'm sure every musician says that. It's hard that. to tell like, your fans gonna that be though. More exactly. Right. <laughs> and that's what I found out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> How'd you, you know? find as that out? As
5: soon as I. Uh, as soon as I started putting out music that I'm like, yeah, this is great and all my older friends were like, man, this is awesome music. You know, all the fans were just like, why are they, why isn't he screaming anymore? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to yell anymore. My voice hurts. <laughs> Matt, when
2: you hear that Matt, when you hear that depiction of what he walked through, do you think that's a sharper contrast than like what you experienced with Toby? Like
0: as far as jealousy goes?
2: No no no, I'm not saying as far as jealousy but as far as the attention that he gets off stage like do you think that's pretty common or do you think what he described is way more extreme than what you uh experience?
0: I think we do a pretty good job of balancing it and naturally I think there must be something about Kellen where it just it, it really is just the right the right thing and when you get enough personal momentum going with something like that it kind of perpetuates itself. Also Toby isn't uh Toby doesn't That's naturally good looking. He doesn't grab. Maybe yeah, definitely not in the looks <laughs> department. But he, Toby also doesn't gravitate. Thanks a lot. <laughs> he doesn't want that. Toby doesn't gravitate toward it or enjoy it or the attention or whatever. Like he wouldn't want to be if Toby could skip the sign and he would skip it if we didn't make him be yeah. there. I would too. So yeah, for, for so yeah. for Toby and I, either one that that personal attention superstarness in itself is not something I think either one's even really like. You know and that's I, not bad yeah. that people do and i i'd like for i definitely uh want people to know who I am specifically like that's important to me that's one yeah. of the reasons I like doing this podcast and named our other band matt and Toby, so you can get it people it's me I'm Matt pay attention so yeah. that exists but <laughs> on the but not not in the same way that it does with people that really get into that superstar uh position i think yeah
1: I, yes. I, I'll go here a little bit and just uh even because First of all, Jesse, I do think it's awesome that you would say this. Like that, that, It's really cool. You're not making an indictment on the band. You're actually even just saying, hey, this is the way I felt. So I think that's really cool. A lot of people, wait a minute, most people don't, wouldn't do that. You said, <laughs> hey, maybe I felt a little jealous or maybe I just didn't like that. I think, too, just to clarify this a little bit, I think one thing that people don't understand when you're in a band is you're writing music and then you see it before you become more than the music. It actually does become the band or the dude uh-huh. or the guy or whatever like that. And, and I, I mean, this isn't, I mean, maybe this is a, another bad Christian exclusive or whatever, but Matt and I write the music in Emory, right? But for uh-huh. sure, jo- Josh, our keyboard player, his stage presence takes a huge amount of, of uh, or it, it allows for a huge amount of popularity. people really like josh and he's super outgoing and josh is the kind of personality that's gonna he doesn't there's not a person that wouldn't call him a friend you know what i mean like he's just so outgoing to our fans and friendly and all this stuff and and i mean honestly not not anything about him to me i would i would kind of understand where you're coming from there's a little bit where i was like man i wish i could be like josh like i mean he's just completely free on stage and around the fans where i'm way more even though i I don't think i'm an introvert around fans i'm a little introverted because i feel like wait a minute i created this song and now it's it's about the lead singer or or about the keyboard player or about whatever so i kind of understand where you're coming from a little bit of i mean mean, maybe even a lot like when when you start to go oh wait a minute it's not about the song. It's about the whole business of music and the band mm-hmm. and what we look like and how, you know, what this song's going to be and how much screaming there is and all of this breakdown as opposed to, wait, I just want to write a kick-ass song. That does get in your yeah. head. I mean, I mean, Matt, and, and it makes fun of me for sure, but there's, ton, there's been a ton of times where I felt the same way. Where like, I just, at, after a show even, I was like, is this real? Wait a minute. I just wanted to write yeah. a song that meant something to me, and hopefully it means something to somebody else. But that, that's not what this was tonight. Tonight was completely entertainment, and you had to figure out that out.
5: Yeah. Dude, I, and your spot. And it's so funny as you're talking about this. Like I remember, you know, 16, 17 going to Emory shows, and everything that you just talked about, I got. You know, I, I totally got that. Josh was. Way entertaining. I remember one time you guys were playing creation fest. You remember that festival? Yeah. 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 At at the gorge. Yeah. You were playing that show and Josh had taken his keyboard and he threw it like, I know he throws (laughs) it in the air, but you were playing main stage. So there's really infinite amount of space for him to throw it. And he just took full advantage. Did he drop the oh, keyboard? Oh, yeah. Yes. Three or four times. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it was great. It was awesome, you know? And, yeah, totally. Uh, so so I, I totally get what you're saying, you know, is that kind of, that became part of the show. If you went to an Emory show, you better expect Josh to be freaking out. Right. You better expect that the harmonies are going to be on and it's going to be great. You know, I remember that, yeah. like. So, so as you talk about that, that's cool to hear, you know, that, that you guys knew about that, too. And it, it did become part of your show, you know. Right. Um, I just think that's rad. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, you have to use well, to what you can to your advantage. But it's, it's, it's weird to balance because, like, what, like, from, from your point of view, is it was it a creative thing? Like, did you feel like because you were so integral in the writing and the creation of the music, then some other people were getting credit for that? And the people weren't realizing um, what you had put into it?
5: Yeah, yeah, kind of more than you wanted to shake more
0: people's hands or sign more autographs.
5: I, I mean, not not necessarily that by by any means, but I just I just wanted it to be just I don't know a little bit fair, you know. And Kellen, you know, I love him. He's a great singer. He can't play an instrument for his life, you know. And Mm -hmm. so I always felt that like without the without that team, then you you were going to lose that. Like part of the reason why his hooks are so good is because that those chords fit his voice, you know, and how they flow. And because we had played together forever, I mean, him and I would sit down and do acoustic sets after the show when we were, you know, still van days and still trying to get our name out there. After we'd play our full set, Kellen and I would go outside by the van and do acoustic, you know, performances. And we'd just wing it. Like, we'd make it up on the spot because I knew where he was going to go. I knew how his voice sounded and what sounded the best with it. And I mean... Realistically, that like that kind of bumped us up too to the point where the headliners on the tour were like, yo, you can't do that anymore. Because as soon as you guys start doing your acoustic thing, all the kids are leaving and they're going outside. And venues <laughs> yeah. were getting mad. What headliner I mean, it was started that? to get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> actually, they're good friends of mine, so I'm allowed to say it. It was drop dead gorgeous.
3: <laughs> oh yeah.
5: <laughs> so uh, and they all I love them all, and they all love me. So I actually lived with them for a little bit, so they can't get mad about me saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so i, so, I think mean yeah
1: the, the, the interesting thing here is though that like seriously i mean you had to be at this point thought wait career like I, i've made it in this band i mean you guys uh, well i mean at the time and even now i, I guess uh, i mean it's, it's a huge band and to be able to walk away with from that like uh, you were married when you walked away right correct
5: and I yeah. was just having so, our
1: first
0: child. I might play
5: into I mean, it.
1: That, so, I mean, that had to be, that, that had to be the excuse. hardest decision in the world because, I mean, you – I mean, if you could in your mind, you had to be thinking, just suck it up. You yeah. can collect the paycheck, and this is a killer – like, did you have that struggle of, this is a great job, don't blow it, but I, my heart's not – like, did you have that struggle?
5: You know what to be to be honest with you I really didn't man I I just I just knew you know I was I was done the guys knew I was done they had their my fill in was Nick Martin who's actually still in the band and he's a good friend of mine I knew he'd you know he was about it he was a great fill in um and and literally I think I was so focused on having my daughter you know and and really yeah. really being there for that um, that it really just it was kind of just like a i don 't know it was a win win situation you know I mean it was just it was good for them, it was good for me um, and, I, yeah. and to be honest with you, I just knew I was like, you know what if i if I really really push you know my music too as a solo yeah. artist and really like get out there and write the best songs that I can and you know kind of show people that that I can do this then it it, it would work out and I mean I'm not going to lie, it's been really damn hard being solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's kind of sometimes it's it's really hard to be like should I just produce records, you know, like it, it is what's the deal? Like are kids going to catch on to this or or am I just like wasting time, you know? And it's one of those things where it's a constant you have to grind and I, I find myself now I've became my own business. Now it's not Jesse sleeping with sirens it's just jesse lawson which is great that's what i wanted you know i didn't want to be jesse from sirens forever right (laughs) i wanted to be i wanted to be me i wanted to be a person that's like oh this is jesse lawson he can put out his own songs you know and he can he can do this and so it's been hard man but i feel like that's part of it you know
1: i think that's the toughest thing today about the music industry in general is that people's attention is uh, their attention span is just so short, and they are oh, yeah. just present in the moment. And to try and lure them to something else is just the most ho- one of the hardest things to do. Because like you believe in the music, the music's good, the music that you're putting out is awesome. How do you make those people go? Wait a minute. Okay, I'm listening. To slip- sleeping with sirens. Maybe I should go over here and listen to Jesse. That I like. You know what I mean? Like that is just such a tough thing. And with that being said, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have any regrets? Like, do you, is there anything? Do you ever like think because it's so hard doing what you're doing now and you're on your own? Do you have any regrets with that?
5: Part of me kind of wishes that I was putting out music as a solo artist while I was still in the band.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
5: only be, only because I'd still have, I'd have that siren's draw along with you know, my solo draw. But the, the weird thing is, is I still have that draw. I mean, it's, it still blows my mind every time I look at, you know, my, my Twitter or whatever. And there's like 235,000 yeah. followers. I mean, that's just nuts wow. to me. Cause I'm like, what weird, you know? And I, and I was afraid, man, yeah. when I had left the band, I thought, dude, I thought it was going to go from like a high number just to like, a hundred followers, and it's all my family, you know, who don't even know how to use Twitter, but they just follow me because, yeah. <laughs> like I thought yeah. it was going to be that way, and luckily, a lot of fans stuck it out, and they still do support me, which is huge, you know. And that's yeah. that's really the only reason I still—that's the only reason I'm still doing it, you know. is hopefully, oh. hopefully, it's just doing something for them, and I know it is. Like I'd I still get all the tweets. I know you guys got them all the time too. you know you saved my life and it's kind of a crazy thing to hear because you're like yeah really you know i'm we're all just drinking you know beer on a phone call like how did how did we do that you know but it's true like those kids they they need it it's that thing that kind of like it gives them hope you know and it's really easy
0: to save people's life you just play the guitar Hang out with your friends, <laughs> talk on a podcast. Yeah. It just saves people's lives. It's really easy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're so, saving lives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think now? Like, uh, I mean, you probably don't want to like, go too bad, but what, like, moving on without you, sleeping with the sirens, what do you think? Like, because you, you were a main songwriter in that band. Is it a, do, to you personally, is it a totally different band now?
5: Um. Yes and no. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, to me, I guess it's just different because I'm not used to hearing songs without my take on them. You know, and right. Um, even structurally, like that. That's just one thing I'm really always kind of been picky about is structure. So when I hear their songs, and I'm like, oh man, that like that shouldn't have gone right there. It should have gone, you know, back to verse here or something, or just crazy thoughts like that. It, to me, yeah, it totally sounds like a different band. I mean, but obviously, you know, Kellen still has those great hooks and uh, and Gabe, their drummer, uh, just still kills it. So, I mean, to that aspect, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's the Sleeping With Sirens feel, but it, it definitely has a different sound to me, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I think is natural. I think anyone would kind of be that way, but maybe not, who knows?
1: <laughs> what was it? A lot of people... A lot of our listeners don't know, you know, uh, maybe what it's actually like. What is it like for in just being in a giant band? Like you're just on a tour bus. Like I mean, do you think still look back on that as like an easy gig, an easy job? Like I mean, what were there were there girls and drugs and sex and, and rock and roll? I mean, what what was it like just being on the road in that huge of a outfit?
5: To, to be honest, man, it was a little bit. <laughs> It, it it was a little bit insane. I mean, you you have to think, like, for one, you have crew. So you have a drum tech, your own guitar tech, you know, uh, another guitar tech, a tour manager, a lighting guy, a front of house guy. You know, you have all these people who literally their only job is to do everything for you. Not to mention tour manager, which is the hardest job because you're essentially babysitting the whole time. So it was, I mean, that part of it was just Nutty. Like it was just weird, man. Like I could sleep in as long as I wanted because sound check isn't till, you know, 4 p.m. And then after sound check, you just either hang on the bus and drink or play video games or go on a walk. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, at 9 30, you walk to stage, you're handed your guitar with the volume knob, you know, down. And really all you have to do is just turn it up and then you play. Like, <laughs> and then as soon right. as that's over, you hand your guitar off. And you go back to the green room or the bus and you do it all over again. I mean, it's, it, it was just, it became kind of second nature. Like, you just get so used to it that it's, it's just your life, you know? And then I think that's why when you come home, it's, it's so weird because you're just like, I don't know, the the routine is off, you know, you're home and you're like, you have to do things for yourself, you know? Like, I mean, I mean, it was a culture shock, like. Going from being on tour buses and you know having a drink whenever to going home and the my wife being like, "Hey, you need to go get diapers." Like, she doesn't oh, like yeah. being treated <laughs> like a tour manager.
0: You know, when you treat your yeah. wife like a tour manager, you're in trouble.
5: Exactly, <laughs> and, it, and it's yeah, that is totally true. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Yeah, that was crazy, and I think I think the change is even crazier. I mean, you guys know this when you're on tour for. A month, maybe two months at a time, and then you come home it's you kind of have to like re situate like you kind of have to go into like okay, I'm in home mode, so I'm gonna go to yeah. bed at a reasonable hour, I'm gonna wake up at a reasonable hour, I'm gonna get things done that I need to do when I couldn't do them when I was on the road. you know it just becomes it's something you have to learn i mean mm-hmm. it's <laughs> it's the same thing as tour etiquette, you know when you start touring and you're touring all the time, and you have to learn the etiquette of you know, if you're not the headliner, you don't get the closest spot. That's how it goes. And if you park there, be ready to get your head shoot off. That's just how it works. The same yeah. thing being at home, it's home etiquette. Like, you don't have someone to run and do all of the things for you. You have to do it. Like, it's, it's not like the life of leisure. You know, it's, it's real life. Again, it's, it's just nuts, man. I mean, it really is. And I think to experience that, you have to do a profession where you are touring a lot or even – you know, maybe even a business trip kind of person. And you're always out of town. And when you come home, it's like, okay, snap, snap back, you know?
0: So your new music, Jesse is all just with your, it's just you as a solo artist, Jesse Lawson. Yes. And you just, did you make your new record with Mike Carrera?
5: Yeah. So the first EP I did, it was chapter two. Um, I tracked it up with Mike who had been a friend of mine for a while. Um, and I, I just love it up there. I love the whole scene. I you know kind of fell in love with uh, Bremerton. It's so weird, it's mm-hmm. such a weird little place, but it's it's actually really cool, you know and And everyone who works at the studio is great and so I ended up actually producing another band's record out of that studio and then doing my full length there. Um, and it's just it feels kind of like second home, you know it's just yeah. kind of a, it just feels normal to me, I guess. so.
0: That's cool. Yeah, Mike's a very cool dude. I haven't been to a studio, but it's a good spot. Then I imagine if you like to work out of there too.
5: It's great, man. I mean, it's it's an old house, and he just has all this awesome stuff that he got on tour, and he you know somehow got it through flights and and back in one piece. I'm not sure how he did it, but um, there's just cool tattoo flash art all around. I mean, it it just feels it's just got that vibe. It's a good studio, you know. So yeah, you should check it out if you can. (laughs)
1: yeah for sure I'd love to and now are you uh, gonna be getting back on the road a bunch or are you on the road what's going on with like music now
5: so I leave next week um, October 8th and I'm doing a tour with a band called Curses and it's 10 days in Canada uh, and then 10 days on the east coast Um, and so that's the next thing I have coming up and you can obviously just go to my website uh, thejessielawson.com and it'll list off each show and where you can get tickets and all that, that good stuff.
0: So, What's it going to take to get Jesse Lawson to, you know, where you want it to be? You think it's going to happen? When's the Ryan Adams tour?
5: I know. That's what I'm saying. You better listen to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll tweet at him. He'll, he'll, he'll see it. Asshole. Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't you know, I don't know. I don't know how how much time it's going to take. I I don't know if I'll ever you know, get get back to the level I was, but if if I don't, then that means I've got something else that's
3: mm-hmm. that's
5: going to happen, you know, and um I at this point, I'm just kind of I'm along for the ride, you know. I'm I'm definitely pushing and doing everything I can to to keep my name out there, but I, I also you know i'm not going to force anything because once you force something that it's not it it doesn't mean anything anymore do you think ben, eye, so. is
0: being a producer at least that's going well enough to where it's a, it's a job or a full time job or a career or do you have a whole nother set of backup plan to take care of your family if you're not in music anymore
5: <laughs> yeah, I've got a few things um, definitely producing is something that that I will be doing as much as I can you know um, it it is hard because a lot of these younger bands want me to work with them, but they don't. They don't know that to make a record, you know, a lot of times it takes time and it takes money. And if you want it to sound, you know, like a big record, you're, it's you got it. You got to invest in it, you know. And and so I think a lot of times when they're like, hey, can you do my record? We'll fly you out, blah blah blah. And then I, you know, give them like a price for the record. I mean, that's that's a month out of my life. That's a month being away from my family. I gotta, you know, I gotta survive. I gotta take care of them. I think they're kind of like, oh, man, we, we thought it was going to be, you know, like 300 bucks for a full length record. And yeah, that's just not how it works, you know. And uh, so, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely keep doing that. But, you know, we'll see if it, uh, if it, you know, if it's something I can do full time and if I'm just writing songs and producing records for the rest of my life, I'll be happy, man. I mean, that, that sounds great to me. Um, but, but then I have, you know, just little ideas. My friend Joe and I, we want to start a little hole-in-the-wall uh, taco shop just called White Guy Tacos, and nice. it's essentially, don't steal this idea because it's <laughs> genius, it's essentially like in and out Burger, but tacos. So there's like three taco choices, and then beer, and that's it. You know? Or water, if yeah, you don't but drink, that's fine.
1: I love that, yeah, but you're saying it's only for white people.
5: Yeah, white people only.
3: <laughs> no, that's no, great. Th- the point is, we're, we're just
5: we're just two white guys that make some great. Oh, okay, Well, that that's
0: good
1: too. Totally misunderstood.
3: <laughs>
5: Damn it, I didn't think about that. Great. <laughs> hey, tell us tell us a
2: little bit about your daughter. How old is she now?
5: She is two. She turned uh, September sixth. So. Terrible twos is a rap, man. damn real thing. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. you know, she's so adorable. She's just a, the cutest little girl. She's got red hair like her dad, uh, but she's pretty. She doesn't, she got her mom's look. So that's a, that's a blessing right there. Um, yeah. But she, she can just snap man, where it's like falls on the floor, face down, just screaming at, for, for nothing. No reason. <laughs> like we were just laughing and playing. What What's wrong now? And it's, Oh my goodness, it's it's been unreal.
2: <laughs> I bet you never thought that you would you could have the potential of killing another human being once you had a daughter. You were just like, man, I would kill somebody that messed with her. Yeah, for sure.
5: Oh, easy. Easy hands down. I mean, wouldn't you- I even think twice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: On a last note, you know that we actually one of our listeners uh, tweeted Ryan Adams because we actually talked a little bit of shit about him. Like we're not as huge of fans as you are. We <laughs> Matt and I Matt and I aren't the biggest Ryan Adams fans, and we just we talked about that a little bit. And uh, yep. one of our fans tweeted him, and he was like, "Man, that's that's probably the la- the least thing that Christians have said bad about me." <laughs> so he didn't he didn't re- he didn't really totally appreciate it, but. That leads me to my last question for you. Why do you want to come on this podcast? You listen to this podcast, or what? What I mean, what about this podcast made you want to come on and hang out with us? Because it's been fun. Yeah,
2: for sure.
5: Yeah, it's it's been great, man. Uh, to be honest, I just I kept hearing about it, you know. And uh, Mike does a podcast as well, and and I started to kind of just listen to a couple, and I'm like, man, podcasts are really great, you know. And and I started to just kind of listen to them, and then uh, my good friend Jameson. He had told me that he was in contact with you guys and and offered, you know, hey, should I talk to him about the show? And I was, I was completely down. I was like, Are you kidding me? I'd love to talk to those dudes. Um, wow. And he told me that it was laid back and I could drink beer and you know, if shit came out, it wasn't going to be like a bad thing or if I said ass or damn or anything like that. And I was like, <laughs> Sign me up. I'm ready. This sounds great. It sounds like homies kicking it. <laughs> so so that is why I wanted to come on and hang out. <laughs> Yeah, that's
1: well, great. That's awesome. man. I honestly really appreciate you being so open about everything like that. I really do appreciate that. Like you didn't, you took a lot of responsibility on yourself and that's really cool. I mean, and, and overall, like, I mean, I think that I really do believe when you take things and consider it, like when you can step out of something and go, Hey, here's my responsibility in the situation. I think that builds character and makes your even everything you do in the future better so right really toby's do never done
2: that in his life no I, so i'm learning something
1: he... from you right now like seriously like <laughs> if, if, if i was in the exact same situation i would talk so much shit about emory i you promise talk you talk shit about Devin all the time
2: yeah <laughs> screw devin screw
1: matt josh sucks <laughs> dave is the worst drummer i would have said the worst possible stuff and you're like pretty Honestly, pretty classy here, and so uh, that, that's pretty cool, man. I, I appreciate you coming on and being so open and honest about that. Like that could, that had to be a little bit hard to say some of those things. So I, I think that's really cool.
5: Well, all right, well, well, thank you, man. I mean, anytime, like anytime, you guys want to have another podcast, but we don't have to talk about serious stuff. We just make jokes the whole time, which would be a great <laughs> podcast. You know, uh, hey, do you, do we you could, have a favorite? We could do a do drinking have a game. football team. Yeah, uh, of course I do. Team? Of course Ooh. I do. It's the San Diego Chargers, and they follow me. Oh. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. I know. I think, I, th- right? I think Rivers, Rivers is going to go down as, for sure, top 10 quarterbacks that never won a Super Bowl. He's got to fall in that category. I mean, he's one of the best.
5: You know, it's, it's so hard, and that's part of it. You know, the only reason I'm actually a fan of them is because I was born there, and so it's, you know I have to. That's my team. Yeah. Um, but goodness gracious, that quarterback makes me so mad. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the dr- running the draw play on every third and 18, it, it just doesn't work, man. It got you two yards every time. What are you doing? Like, get, get a slant route to Keenan Allen. I mean, the dude's fast. He fumbles everything, yep. but he'll probably catch right. it, at least get a first down. I mean, goodness gracious.
2: Not everybody can have Aaron Rodgers, baby. That's Not right. everybody can have Aaron Rodgers. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's
1: what we All should right, do. Well,
5: next podcast, we should watch football. Oh, that
2: w- I actually
1: think that would be an awesome podcast just to watch football, uh, uh, like two fans that are a- yep. of each team. You know what I mean? That would be such a fun podcast for sure. Maybe I'll do that. That's a great idea, Jesse. Anyway,
5: thank you right, so much for
1: joining us, man. This was great for sure. Right on.
5: Awesome, man. It was-, it was good to meet you guys. Good to talk to you.
1: All right, Jesse Lawson. That was a uh, an interesting interview. I yeah. thought I thought it was I didn't know what to expect. I have never listened Mm-hmm. To sleeping with sirens? That's yeah. not my style of music. Even though I, it's kind of is your style maybe of music. It.
3: <laughs> you know what I
2: think of when I think of I Jesse helped, Lawson.
1: I helped create it. So after an interview like that, you know what we need? Well. We need some truth. We need some reality, but not the damn news. I knew you, I knew that's where you thought I was Ooh, going. You oh, almost yeah, threw babe. us off there. I thought you I were I did. going news. I'm going to throw you
0: off. Can we bring on a BC Clubber? It was just the tone of voice. I mean, When you get that excited tone, I figure this must be that. I mean, you know, we can all tell. It's like when a dog has to use the right. bathroom. his like right. but, well, cadence change. You can tell. Well, here's why.
1: Here's why I love the truth, and one of the truths that I love is our BC Club. I mean, they make everything amazing. They support us. Mm-hmm. They're why we're able to do this. So we want to bring one of our own, one of our kin, one of our blood, one of our family onto this podcast. Here they come. Let's start it, Matt. Let's start it. Here we go.
2: So we have uh, Taylor. He is our uh, BC Club director, and right now we also have Paul Edgar, and that's Thomaston, Georgia.
4: Is that how you say it? Yeah, just middle of nowhere, butt crack of Georgia.
2: Sweet. <laughs>
4: Pronounce it any of those ways. What's the biggest city it's closest to? Uh, well, I'm like, I'm like 45 minutes from Atlanta, gotcha. south of Atlanta. Gotcha. Okay. So,
2: Your little yeah. Skype profile
4: picture looks like a baby, man. How old are you? Oh, I probably never changed that picture since I started Skype. I'm, I'm 24 now, but that picture is probably from like I don't know when I was like 16. I don't, even <laughs> 16. Know, I don't even know what the picture is. What is it a picture of? It
2: just it's you with your glasses, kind of looking off to the right. and You got a black hoodie, and it looks like you think you're
4: badass. Oh yeah, that was when I listened to like the question by Emery a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you can see I have swoopy hair, and I'm wearing a hoodie and like emo glasses.
2: Yeah were you wearing Were you wearing girl jeans or girl pants?
4: I never went full-on girl. There wasn't, a, like, I didn't understand how dudes did that. Yeah. Did anybody, Matt Matt, and Toby never did that, did yes, they? Yes, sir, uh, they certainly yeah. did. No <laughs> way. I, I yes. wore, like, skinny jeans, but I always bought them from the male section.
2: Now, I'll never forget when they came and they hung out in Charleston, and they are just like, yeah, man, we've been buying girl pants, and... You know, I was kind of, I was kind of at a very susceptible part of life, and I was like, "Huh." I mean, it does look kind of cool. I mean, should I go get girl pants? But I never went to go get girl pants. So, yeah,
4: I'll, I'll prob- I think you did the right thing. <laughs>
2: I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but if you go back to the very first video on you on Emory's YouTube channel, there's a uh, a video of Matt how he uh, how he used to dress. So. Are you
4: serious? <laughs> yeah, he, I he think- wore the. Uh, I remember he wore like the studded belt, which I always mm-hmm. thought was a weird, a weird, yep. a weird yep. thing. You'll see it.
2: I'm sorry, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, Paul, um, the first question is, if you could go back in time for two reasons, one or the other, what would it be? First reason being stopping the Titanic from sinking or to be able to bet on a bunch of sports games and be a millionaire? Which one would you pick?
4: Well, having studied Back to the Future too, I know that if I choose that second option and bet on a bunch of sports games, we would live in an alternate reality, and everything would <laughs> everything would be horrible, and Biff Tannen would be running the world. So I guess I have to save the Titan.
2: Uh, was there ever a time when you were convinced that Matt and Toby were being cruel to a real obese person by the name of Joey?
4: I uh, I never thought Joey was obese. I, I think I think they've been. It's a tricky question though, the way it's worded, because they've been very cruel to Joey over the years. But, well, uh, what's
2: funny, man, is we've actually met people on the road that seriously said, "Man, we were looking around for this big fat dude," and then we were disappointed when we didn't see one because we were like, "Oh, Joey didn't make it." And I was like, "I'm
4: Joey." <laughs> yeah. Well, I was at the uh, I was at the Atlanta show when you were dying. Oh, and, were you uh, really? Yeah, I was there, and somebody in the crowd. Like when y'all were getting set up, it was like, "Where's the fat
2: one?" <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you said, ser- you seriously
4: were at a living room show literally an hour before I went to hell and back, man. That was like well, such I know, a bad man. Night. And you have the reputation of being like, out of the three of you, you're the nice guy. And I actually saw <laughs> Matt and Toby like before, a couple hours before the show started. I was on a walk yeah. like down Piedmont Avenue, and I was like, "Oh, hey guys, what's up?" And said, "I support. I'm you know, I support the podcast, and I love you guys." And they're like, "Cool, thanks." And they were really nice. And then I saw you later before the show. I didn't know anything like yeah. about you being sick and stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh hey Joe, and you're like hey man, and you just kept walking like, <laughs> and I was like, wow, Joey's a jerk. And then, like we went. I was like, it's so backwards on the podcast. He comes off as a nice guy, but Toby and Matt awesome. were super nice. Joey was a jerk. And then we went inside, and everyone was like. Yeah, Joey's like dying. He has several kidney stones and his body's falling <laughs> apart. And then I was like, oh that makes sense.
2: That's great, man. Hey man, it is awesome talking to you. Awesome getting to know folks that are on in the BC Club, man. Why uh why do you give us money, dude?
4: Um well it's mostly so it's on this book I'm working on. It's called How I Made These Guys Rich that work in a Christian <laughs> hardcore band. Aaron Ludsford wrote the introduction for it. And, no, I'm just kidding. Uh I give because well because I believe in what you guys are doing and I yeah. think it's important and I think there's a shift that, like there's a shift that's happening and it's not just bad Christian or the BC Club like there are several different entities I think that are starting to move towards this direction of we got to get past all this legalism we have yeah. to get past like just all these things that the church is kind of weighed down by and some of the things I think are good things taken out of context maybe yeah but we're we're putting we're putting so many things before people's lives, and the you know I think the most important thing to do is to love each other, yeah. and no one's really doing that. Like even the flack you guys get, I'm amazed at some of the stuff I read on Twitter and Facebook, and oh, I'm like, this great. is I, this is bizarre to me. Like you guys are just loving people and interviewing people, and you're going out of your way to interview people that you disagree with and have an open dialogue, which I think is important. Yeah, and uh, so that that's the reason why I give. Um,
2: awesome. Well, thanks yeah. so much, man. I'm glad everybody got to uh, hear from
4: you. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I love the podcast. I love what you guys are doing. I'm proud to support.
0: Joey, good job, buddy. I enjoyed that one.
4: Oh, thanks, man.
1: That was awesome, but we got to move on the show. and Got to move it on. It
2: gotta
1: is time. Right it is moving time. On up,
2: moving on up. on up to these For
1: the best part of the Bad Christian Podcast, the damn news, my friends. Wow, that is a bold yep. statement. It is bold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, kick that music In a world Where your job Is to work at a church Your job is to be in a kick-ass band Your job is to do a podcast That has changed earth itself My name is Toby Morrell
0: And this is the damn what about the Earth has been changed? Not only pre- the Earth that they, I think they said that the blood moon was caused by the damn news. The largest yeah, I contributing factor. Believe it. Right.
1: It, well, it made my it that big. It made it like gosh. a mega blood moon. Mega blood. It would, moon. Yeah. Without the damn gosh. news, it would have normally been, have been just a regular blood moon, raggedy eclipse. old blood moon. But now Superman, it was a super moon. Massive. But it was a mega moon. A mega massive church moon blood. Right.
2: Moon. <laughs> wow.
1: The blood moon is basically going to destroy the earth, even though it's already happened and nothing happened. I thought, yeah, I thought we were supposed to be gone. Yeah, for sure. All right. So my first news story comes from my, this comes from a roving reporter, which I think is awesome. I get news stories all the time in my email, on Facebook, all these things. Does that mean you don't have to
0: do your own work anymore or what? You just take it easy now?
1: I'm on vacation. You know, you build up a business, you work hard, and then you leave it alone. Good for you. Well, that's what my... My roving reporters are just kicking ass and I have to give give them credit. It's unbelievable. And this comes from a roving reporter, Tyler Canfield. And I thought this was cool. Doctor punches patient in stomach after his third visit to ER in one night. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered if you good. get mad at people just complaining like fake complaining where this comes from Japan today in Tokyo. Doctors are generally regarded more highly by society than the rest of us. And rightly so. They bring us into the world and sometimes guide us uh, out of it. But, of course, doctors are just people, too, and they're prone to the same vices and character flaws that some people have. Yeah. Um, for example, one MD at a hospital in Amora Prefecture let his short temper show recently when he punched a patient in the gut during a late <laughs> night's visit. <laughs> Although the details have only recently come to light, the incident is reported to have occurred one night in early August this year, About midnight one evening, a male patient entered Mitsu City General Hospital in Amori uh, complaining of a pain in his elbow. He was promptly examined by a doctor and sent home, only to return at 1.30 a.m., this time arriving by ambulance, (laughs) 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 telling the hospital staff he had another pain, this time in his abdomen. Again, the man was checked over and sent on his way, but only two and a half hours later, Another ambulance drove up to the hospital with the same man sitting in the back. Clearly, the sight of this frequent visitor was too much for the doctor to bear. However, upon noticing the patient sitting in yet another cubicle, the doctor stepped in and suddenly struck a blow to the man's midsection. Luckily, medical staff were on the scene in record time and quickly determined that there was no injury as a result of the blow. Uh, Readers of the news were supportive of the doctor, saying that that's forgivable, no problem, innocent, Good for him in the hospital. Also cited for the doctor, mainly because after the patient sobered up, his assailant apologized and acknowledged the error of his ways. So I do understand this. Here, here's one thing that I want to talk to you guys about.
4: Okay,
2: talk. I to I do
1: us. believe, and I don't. I don't know if this is going to take the rest of the news or not. But
2: I. Whoa! Think, I one think, news
1: story. I think that we them. are all subs- <laughs> I do think we're all susceptible to news stories and being. Kind of taking the higher than now attitude that oh my gosh, this doctor is just the worst this mm-hmm. guy comes in no matter what he's doing, he's just a terrible person, and honestly, I think that now in this in this digital age where you can capture anything online or on camera that we literally all immediately jump to that doctor's terrible, yeah or that patient is terrible, whichever one you you can choose the side if you want, but don't you think that we overreact too quickly that this person is just awful. It, it, it kind of encompasses their entire humanity and everything that in this one moment, this doctor who might've worked 12 hours and all of a sudden this guy's <laughs> back again and he's trying to get back to the person with an open wound, yeah. you know, and the emergency. Like, don't, don't you think that's just absurd that we, we can take that quick attitude to oh man, this person's horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we
2: do that with everything. We read, we read about Judas in the Bible and we think, Oh, he's the worst guy where we would have potentially True. the same thing. So, yeah, I think we do that with every single...
1: So, actually, you don't think Judas was that bad?
2: Uh, there's a very good possibility that if we hung out with Judas, we would have been like, oh, yeah, he was...
1: I've always thought Judas had to be the coolest one. Like yeah, he was messed up, but he had to be pretty funny. But the, I guess the only thing about money. that is
2: apparently, yeah, he was always stealing. So.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, this is yeah, it's just one action by this doctor, but it's a pretty bad one as far as doctors go. I mean, their oath and everything. Their main thing, as they say, is to do no harm. And this is like an intentional right? harmful action toward another person. It's, it's very, yeah, very counter. But are you to that offended job. by it right now? Like, no. like are, are you? Offended, I mean, it's probably not like- the best doctor, though. You know what I mean? Like, you would be surprised if your doctor. Dr. Right. Clifford did that. You don't think that's in his character. So it's in this doctor's character to behave that way. Maybe he's one of the doctors that may, may ought not be a doctor, but I don't think you... I mean, there's plenty of people that are not doctors that would react that way, and you wouldn't think anything of it, really. It's not that crazy well, of an action. You that's know. a great point. I, but I
2: definitely think the the doctor profession is a tough one because you... You can't
1: it's like being a
0: pastor, Joy. It it, it you you probably does expect, have some parallels to pastor for sure.
2: You can't expect anyone to do their job perfectly, and yet if you don't right. do your job perfectly as a doctor, you're screwed. That's man. right. Right. I mean, you are screwed. You cannot make a mistake. Right. I mean, you just can't without without being seen as a very horrible right. person.
1: All right. One last news story. Then I thought this was good, and it was also from another roving reporter, Andreas. Oh, I'm sorry, Joy Andreas. A marijuana bundle falls from sky, slams into family's carport.
2: Wow.
0: Okay.
1: KUTV is reporting that Maya Donnelly awoke to what sounded like thunder in the early morning but dismissed it as a typical monsoon storm and went back to sleep. Later that morning, uh, she looked in the carport at her home in Nogales near the U.S.-Mexico border and saw pieces of wood on the ground. She found a bulky bundle wrapped in a black plastic Inside was roughly 26 pounds of marijuana, a package that authorities say was worth $10,000. It's all right on top of the dog's house, Donnelly said. <laughs> it, just made perfect, it just made a perfectly round hole through our carport. Living near the border, Donnelly said she assumed the object was drugs, and she immediately, her and her husband immediately called 911. Um, Nogales Police Chief Derek Anderson said it's the first time in his three-year tenure that he's ever seen a load of drugs hit the building. Someone definitely made a mistake, and who knows what the outcome of that mistake might be for them, Arnson mm. said. So basically, here's my question. What's your question? $10,000 worth. Okay, you wake up in the morning, and there is something that is worth a lot of money in your garage. Do you call the cops? Yeah, I like that question. Maybe it's not marijuana. Maybe it's a, something crazy. like what I don't know. But just this is marijuana, so obviously it seems a little scary, but you do that.
0: Well, I think you know, especially. in it, I mean, the Lord provides, my friend. Right, right? something if fell you, from the right, sky, right, like it, well, you found it on your doorstep, and it, you know, you found some money out by your doorstep or whatever. Let's say you'd say, "Man, right. I, I just we've been a hard time." Yeah, what praying. if it would have been ten thousand dollars cash? which yeah. you have called the cops? I mean, the, here's the thing: you would have to be worried about drugs, drug trafficking. Have you ever seen any right. movies about anything like that, whether it's the money or the drugs, No Country for Old Men, Simple Plan, etc. You don't right. want to get involved if you think the money or the thing, the item is drugs. So in those right. cases, you're s- got to be smart to not try to keep it, hold on to it, take it, get anything from it. But if you took it to a more innocuous thing, like let's just say it was a like five really really nice Louis Vuitton bags. Now yeah. maybe you just maybe you just would keep them. Maybe you'd sell them on eBay, something like right. that. Right? What if it was yeah, just like exactly the, right. the nicest home entertainment system landed right in your garage? Yeah
1: you might want to hold it like yeah what if it would have been a trampoline for my kids <laughs> right <laughs> i mean seriously you're right man that's a great if it's point. Drugs, i don't got to get they, rid of it yeah right but there's certain things you wouldn't get rid of you're yeah. like ah, who, oh my gosh you know that's what it what if it would have been delta airlines peanuts a big box <laughs> of delta airlines would you i mean you know what you, you know what they'd have done they'd have contacted delta airlines and sued
3: them
0: yeah
1: probably you know what i mean like the 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 right thing gets kind of shady sometimes for sure. So
2: anyway, that's the damn news. The
3: damn Thank, news. You, Thank man. you guys for listening. Hey,
2: those stories, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna say on a scale of one to ten, ten being Dan right yeah. and how he presents oh, news and wow. just the the interest and uh-huh. then zero uh hmm. Zero being like Well, I would expect out of June, your youngest daughter, if she gave the Mm -hmm. damn news. That's That's just really nice. I'm not knocking her. I'm just saying because of how young she is, she wouldn't be able to do what you did. I'm going to give you a 10. Wow. Yeah. You know what? You just knocked it out of the park. I've never heard you say anything like that just just As good as Dan Rather himself? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think that you could be uh, what you want to be. Because I think you're putting your mind to it, I see improvement wow. every single week. Hey, man, and uh, you know, I just uh, I'm proud of you. I can't believe this. I'm proud of you, and I'm I'm trying to. I think you're a words of affirmation guy, and that's yeah. I, I'm I'm trying to give that to you. Hey, well, you know what? So this is words of affirmation. Thank for you. you so much. Joey. You're welcome. So the uh, BC Club <laughs> is. I was uh, waiting
1: for a punchline. There is no punchline. <laughs>
2: The BC Club (laughs) supports the damn news, and those folks, those proud folks to support someone as awesome as Toby Morrell (laughs) and just what he has, the energy that he has put forth uh, with this news. John Clapper, we're proud of you for supporting Toby. Stephen Q. Tucker, Brent bostick that's uh, right. I wonder if he's related to Brandon Bostic, the guy that messed everything up for us. Oh, the yeah. Don't
1: even talk about that. It still stings.
2: Ethan Stender, Stephen Pike, Jared Zimmerman, or I reckon you go with Jared Zimmerman, Ryan Heefner, Daniel Litz, and Zach Lutz. No. Oh, my gosh. One of them is Daniel Litz. The other one is Zach Lutz. Wow. Christian Mota, Daniel M. Byram, yep. Evan Wright, Bruce Wilkie and Jennifer Brace. And last but not least, Adam, you're not last here. And, uh, or you are last, you're just not least, and that's Adam McKearley. Adam McKearley is uh, got...
0: officially the least. <laughs> you are, in fact, the least. <laughs> well, what would that even mean in that context? You're the least. <laughs> yeah. You're first, but you are the least. You're the, you're your the name least is right in the middle, being. but trust me, you are the least.
2: Adam, I don't believe that for a second. So these guys <laughs> have gone to badchristian.com uh, slash contribute. They are just wonderful people that want to give their money and, and just throw it in the wind. So yep. thank you for throwing your money in the wind. And, uh, yeah, so signing thank off. My wife
1: just walked in. She had to throw away, apparently, some uh, recycling. More recycling Jess, you during the podcast. Dur- during our podcast, which helps pay our bills and everything, these BC clubbers. you have anything you want to say? Yeah, you whore.
2: <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear her laughing? There's something wrong with our wives. They think being called a whore is funny.
1: Yeah. Priscilla sucks. <laughs> She's actually a racist.
2: <laughs> Jessica just <laughs> <laughs> Jessica doubled over <laughs> when I called her a whore. She thought it was so funny.
1: Yeah, everybody did. Great. Cool. Matt. Yes, sir. I just want—I don't think you even knew this. When Joey and I left, you know, we just did the live Mm -hmm. BC podcast, and it was pretty amazing. Honestly, these BC live podcasts are getting crazier and crazier. Check it out. We'll be coming back again soon. But Joey and I were leaving the airport or or leaving Chicago, getting ready to fly home back to Charleston. Joey got stopped at security. No way. Yeah, he—you know—he did his hands and everything, and then they started. They found actually found two hundred pounds of crack. Oh, no. <laughs>